in full disclosure, I started my career doing summer stock in New Hampshire and met my wife there. And we are a summer romance gone horribly wrong because 36 years later, we're still together. So I am maybe the perfect audience for, for the love of the bard. You might be. Thank you for tapping into so many um, painful but beautiful memories. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, and now in its 16th year, number 812, Summertime Shakespeare Rom-Com. To go for it or not to go for it? That is the appealing question that drives the debut novel from author Jessica Martin, whose novel For the Love of the Bard is being published this week, just in time to go to the top of your summer reading list, especially if you're a Shakespeare nerd. The story involves our heroine Miranda returning to her home of Bard's Rest, New Hampshire, and helping to run the theater festival run by her parents, along with her sisters Portia and Cordelia. Yes, they are that family. But once there, Miranda struggles with her feelings for Adam, the hunky veterinarian who spurned her in high school, but also looks great with his shirt off. I'm enjoying the hell out of For the Love of the Bard and was so excited to meet and chat with its author. And Jess started our conversation by telling me about how she started writing, how she came to Shakespeare, and how she came to write about Shakespeare and Summerstock and Summer Romance. story I guess was you know I from an early age I just realized how lucrative writing could be in the fifth grade I won this pumpkin it was this Halloween contest like contest to write a ghost story and I was like wow look at all the swag you get when you're a writer um and I don't always really had an affinity for it but um yeah we grew up like super like lower middle class and I mean there was no like consideration in my worldview that I would actually be a writer and support myself um, so I got to college, I did the creative writing thing, and I was a theater minor, which was really sort of the entrance into Shakespeare. Um, decided to go to law school because I'd taken some pre-law classes, and writing was just, I like all writing, whether it's nerdy, technical, contractual, creative, like, I just love the words. And so that's what I do today. I do I do all of the contracts um, for our company, which is really cool. Um, and then for about 10 years, I wrote urban fantasy. I love sci-fi. Um, it's what I love to read. Um, unfortunately, I apparently am very bad at world building and I get really bogged down in it. So I was getting all these rejection letters like, love your writing, but yeah, I can't spell this. Um, so that was my first love. And then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try something different. And I'd always kind of had this idea in my head. I went to school in Maine, I went to Colby College. And I love small towns. And the reason I love them is you get talking to people in small towns and they have this story for like why they're there, right? And it's so authentic and it's usually very salty. If you're in New England, it's a salty story um, of why they are in this small town. And I started to think like, well, what if, like what if in, in New Hampshire, which is full of amazing small and quirky towns, like you had a bunch of like Shakespeare enthusiasts hold up in the Granite State and they honor the bard every year by doing this festival. And then I took it a step further and I was like, and what if they really took the town and made it all about Shakespeare? Like what if all the storefronts on what's in a main street 
are named after Shakespeare puns because who doesn't like a Shakespearean insult or pun, right? Um, and so it, that's how the idea germinated and started. And I wrote a rom-com and it was like magic. Found an, I found an agent within six months, found an editor like six months after that. I mean, man, if I had known it was that easy often, I would have, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, unfortunately it only gets easy after a long time. <laughs> after a decade of writing or so, right? Yeah. Um, I was probably due. Um, but yeah, that's how I found my way to rom-coms, which is sort of an, I know it's an unusual path, but yeah. You get there in the end, right? It doesn't matter you, how you get there. You do. And that's fun, too, for, you know, the Shakes nerds amongst us who have ever, particularly those of us who have ever been to um, uh, Ashland, Oregon and the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, where yeah. what you, how you've written Bard's Nest looks like the downtown of Ashland, Oregon, which is similarly filled with storefronts with Shakespearean puns as names. Um, is a rom, I, I don't read a lot of rom-coms, but I I enjoy watching them. I'm not one of those husbands who has to be dragged to watch a rom-com with my wife. I like them, but I i don't read them that much. Were you a big fan of them as literature? No, I was reading sci-fi. And then like in sci-fi urban fantasy, there's this like little niche of paranormal romance. And I was like, okay, okay. Like if you take out like the werewolves and the vampires, like we, we got a thing here. So I guess I was reading a narrow sliver of that um, and then a friend of mine recommended a Renaissance Fair rom-com because she literally was like, well, you are the nerdiest person I've ever met. So here's your book. Um, and this was Jen DeLuca, the well-met, well-read. These are fantastic and funny. And I read one and I was like, oh, rom-coms are great. They're not what I thought they were going to be because I, I equated a long time rom-coms in my head, like Hallmark um, holiday movies. And I was like, that's, that's not for me. Um, but then sort of reading something that felt like very authentic with like, you know, a main character with a brain um, and that kind of thing. And I just, I felt really good about it. And I was like, oh, rom-coms can be hilarious. So I think I tend to be more heavy on the calm and lighter on the rom. Sometimes I get dinged on that, but you know, there's a spectrum. That's why there's two words in it. So it's, a, it's a calm rom and, 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 and it's, but it's also a Shakespeare calm rom. So how does, how does, mm -hmm. how does Shakespeare, uh, how did Shakespeare come into your life? So a couple entrance points for me like from an early age my dad reminded me of this actually I had the chicken pox and my parents were trying to do anything so I must have been like the second grade they had gotten me all these books from the library and I remember reading a bunch of mythology like this was the entrance into like the Greek and Norse and there was this really creepy like Shakespeare illustrated um book that I have been trying to find on Amazon and like Ad Libris and all the used book sale book sites I can't find it but it was like um, sort of the 80s and the 90s versions of the way you would tell Shakespeare um, to kids, which is you didn't water it down. So like people were ended up dead and you were like, oh, okay. But the illustrations are beautiful, right? For kids. Right. And so I was like, wow, this guy is creepy. Um, and so that was sort of like Shakespeare at an early age. I read, I, I had the misfortune of reading Hamlet first. That's what our, that is what our, our high school picked as the Shakespearean entry. And I remember thinking like, good Lord, I'm going out to college in the fall and I can't be an English major if this is the drivel I'm going to be reading. <laughs> um, and Right? Um, I, I now have a different appreciation for Hamlet, but as it's sort of a high school student, you're like, why doesn't he do anything? He does nothing. Um, so that was Hamlet. Um, and then my freshman year, I went to Colby. I tried out for Macbeth. I was a theater minor. I did not get in. There's only four female roles in Macbeth. Um, but I was blown away when I saw it. I actually, I went on a Friday and then I bought tickets for Saturday and Sunday. I just was, it blew my mind. 
Um, and then I got in my sophomore year, I got into a lot more Shakespeare um, seminars. I went to Commonwealth Shakespeare on the Commons. I never missed a year after that. Um, and that, that's really how it came is that it was less the reading of Shakespeare and more the experience of it, of the way you tell it to a modern audience on the stage and make that connection across the language and the prose. Like, love that. Well, and I, it's one of my favorite parts of the book, too, is uh, because in addition to being a love letter to Shakespeare and Summerstock and and and, um, and New Hampshire towns, it's it's a love letter to the the making of theater. And um, I mean, in yeah. that regard, it reminded <laughs> me of my one of my other favorite books, maybe one of the only books I can think of about community theater, which is Tempest Tossed by Robertson Davies. Do you know that novel? No, I don't, but I will check it out. It's spectacular. It's in a completely different key than um, for the love of the bard. But but the 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 agonies, ecstasies, and ridiculousness of casting Shakespeare, arguing over who should play the parts, playing the parts, interpreting Ooh. the plays—all that it rings really really true in your novel. And it's really fun. But no spoilers for me, please, because I'm only still literally in act two of the book. I only got it this week. Um, I can tell because you're calling it Bard's Nest. It's Bard's Rest. So I'm going <laughs> to... See? And I'm not even reading it that closely, I'm apparently. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> um, on the Tempest Passing, have you read the Hogarth Shakespeare? You know, it's like Atwood. Um, uh, I've read a bunch yeah, of them. Yeah, it reminds me what you said. Tempest Toss, the Hagseed. It's the um, the one by Atwood with the they do it in the the prison where he puts yeah. on the oh so good he puts on the Tempest. I loved yeah. it, and I love Jeanette Winterston's version of Winter's Tale. I can't remember what the name of it is, but I love that yeah, novel more than I love that yeah. play. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree with you more. And Taming of the Taming of the Shrew retold in Vinegar Girls. You know, as a woman, you read Taming of the Shrew, and you're like, dang, that is mm, that is not okay. But like some of the modern spins on Tammy of the Shrew are so spot on. So Vinegar Girl and that series was just like, oh, yeah. All right, I will definitely look for that. Hi, I'm Nicole Galland, author of the novels I, Iago and The Rise and Fall of Dodo, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We'll be visiting four cities this fall of 2022, performing Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel, in Rolla, Missouri on September 21st, Bloomington, Illinois on September 23rd, Jasper, Indiana on September 25th, and the Wharton Center in East Lansing, Michigan on November 9th and 10th. Check out the touring page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, or our Twitter feed, at Reduced, for the latest information. Now back to my conversation with Jessica Martin, whose debut novel for the love of the bard drops this week. The romance between Miranda and Adam, uh, again, is grounded sort of in their love of Shakespeare. And and Mar yeah. Miranda finally decides to, uh, you know, should have got off the pot a little bit with Adam. <laughs> Um, and that was that's enormously satisfying. But their it's their love and interpretations and arguments about Shakespeare that bonds them. And that's you know for a theater guy, theater nerd, that's fantastic. I could not have said that better. I always think about it like when they couldn't find common ground, they always had Shakespeare, and that's what kind of helps move them forward. Um, and I, I kind of love that concept. I've explained that to people, and they're like, eh, maybe he's hot, he's a veterinarian. But you're like when you think about it, when they cannot find common ground. 
they always have the theater, the two of them. They are theater nerds at heart. It's what they love. And so, yes, they inch forward when it's awkward and things are crappy. They inch forward on that. And that's sort of how they bridge that difference, which is sometimes you can't, like, you can't air it out, right? You're not ready to get off the pot, right? right. Um, but you got something. you got a thread. And if you've got the thread, you can move forward. Will there be further adventures of, of, of Miranda or the town of Bard's Rest, as we're now calling it? There will be. There is at least one planned. The sequel um, will be out next year. It features uh, the older sister, Portia, who has a much different relationship with Bard's Rest, right? I think she is one of those people where Shakespeare is not accessible to her. Um, and yet she finds herself throwing down for the town. So a real estate developer comes in and starts eyeing a a key piece of property for development, which would cripple sort of the character of Bard's Rest. Um, it would just knock the town down. And she finds herself in this very unwitting and unwilling position of being the lawyer and having to go to bat for the town. Um, and I'm not going to say she comes out loving, you know, Bard's Rest the way Miranda does. Um, but she has just a very unique, saltier, scrapier um, relationship with the Bard. And so the name of that one, the working title is The Dane of My Existence. Nice. Because who doesn't like a Hamlet reference? Nobody. Nobody doesn't like a Hamlet reference. <laughs> so that one is the Dane of my existence, and it's because the real estate developer that comes in is out of Dane development. So that's my my one attempt at a pun. No, there's lots, but you know that's my that's my title attempt at a pun. Well, and the other part of the fantasy, the other part of the the lovely fantasy of of the book is that um, uh, your heroine Miranda is both a successful writer and an agent. That's uh -huh. like talk about a talk about a, a character, a woman who can who is guiding her own destiny. That's fantastic. That we all want to be doing that. Yeah, we all want to be doing that. And I think, you know, I was particularly, you know, it's my first time getting in with an agent and an editor. And I'm like, oh, how are they gonna love this? Um, we'll see, we'll see what they think of this premise. And there was a lot of sort of back and forth on that. But what I've always liked about Miranda and I sort of see her as, you know, the heroine of Twelfth Night is that, you know, it's you got a lot of layers, right? You, she's got a lot going, right? And I think, you know, there's a lot of threads of sort of Twelfth Night for her that comes through this with mistaken identity and the way in which, you know, Viola holds it together, where she's holding all these pieces together and hoping it doesn't all sort of collapse on her. That's the way I feel about Marina, right? She's holding on to this pen name. She's holding on to the agency. Um, she's struggling with the book. And just like Viola, she comes out all right in the end, right? Our girl comes out all right, but... <laughs> Spoilers. La, 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 la. Well, it wouldn't be a very good rom-com often if it, came, if it didn't come out off right. <laughs> well, yeah, you and and you, you both they bond not only over Shakespeare but over um, Twelfth Night, which is also my favorite. I just directed it like four years ago. You did? Ah, oh, that's wonderful. Mm, that is that is my number one. I mean, you talk to real Shakespeare, but and they, most people will will get to Twelfth Night, right? Get that nuggety feeling on Twelfth Night. Well, and 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 she's right on. Viola is one of the. I I, I find her. Way more interesting than Rosaline, Rosalind, and and I like Beatrice too, but Beatrice is 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 an, is at least less satisfying kind of story. I totally agree. And Viola has that subversive, like whether he meant to or not, right? Like there are a couple of the Shakespearean heroines in the canon where you're like, dang, that is subversive, not just for the time, but if you really want to like pull the threads here a little bit, like you think about Viola and sort of like playing with gender a bit, and you know Beatrice playing with like these roles in society, like on he's on 
That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, except for one more thing I'll share with you in about 60 seconds, so stick around. For the Love of the Bard officially comes out tomorrow, June 28th, 2022, and will be available in bookstores everywhere. And you can follow author Jessica Martin on Instagram at cjesswritebooks for more Shakespeare nerdery. Then send us your Shakespeare puns via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com or throw a comment to us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram or on our own actual website, reducedshakespeare.com or visit my website, theshakespeareance.com. Thanks, as always, to hunky veterinarian Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Kelly Griffiths. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Nicole Galland, another New England novelist in whom the romance and Shakespeare nerd is strong. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please continue to stay safe, get your boosters, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 812-2436ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Congratulations on your book. Thank you. This is so exciting. It's finally here. I felt like this long layoff during COVID, and all of a sudden it's like, it's Tuesday, and your book is real. It's amazing. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.